Dear Twitch community, Pepe is in the trunk of my car. Edgelords co-opted him from the artist Matt Fury then racists co-opted it from the lords whom live on the edges. I am giving Pepe back to Matt. I'm your new icon now soy boys. You will call me pants. You will call me pants. You will not recreate my image. Worship me or die. If you refuse I will destroy you all and rejoin my friends the K-pop stands. They fun. Thank you and enjoy the show. Here we go again, feeling ready to begin. Listen up, push play, and plug your headphones in. Another draft has come to pass. Now build your deck, send the rings, let Jeff and Sean pitch in. Welcome to another fantastic rendition of Let's Draft. I got some things to talk about today, and I'm kind of excited because I have been missing doing this. And how's my voice? It's better. My. How did it take two episodes of completely messed up voice on my and we've been doing this for what 88 episodes now and I well, released two that my voice is completely blown out. You know, I, I know we say we don't have that much behind the scenes stuff that happens but every once in a while we do and one of the things I it goes like this. I don't really care about that stuff. It's art. So we got to just get it out there as fast as possible because when you think about it on an intellectual level, it's just a matter of the mass of art that gets out there and it'll somehow affect people. <sighs> It'll get into their bodies and veins. and There are geysers and there are perfectors in this world. You know, there's people like uh, and Da Vinci. There's n- nothing da Vinci in between. would make a million things, but he would only release his best things. That's it, right? And then you have Shepard Fairey, who it, he was all about prolificness. And it all fits to your personality, right? And my personality is proliferation and put out the crap with the good. What was Pee Wee Herman? Pee Wee Herman, I would say, was more of a perfectionist, for sure. Steve Martin was a perfectionist. These are the people, uh, Bill Burnham, or Bill, uh, Bo Burnham, he's a perfectionist. These are people who really make sure they have something ideal and they don't let you see any of the crap they experiment with. Hmm. I think that's a little more your style. Yeah, you, you, well, I used to be that way until you forced me to start putting my music out there and then, then I went back into reclusion because, yep. yeah, that's what happens. I'm like, hey, Sean, we're doing a podcast. Come along. I grabbed your arm. Here we are. Uh, oh. um, so we're going to go over some housekeeping really quickly before we get into the depths of this. But in case you wanted to know what we're going to talk about today, I th- I'm, we're going to primarily talk about Almond Kent Remastered. That's what I'm, at least that's what I'm going to talk about today. I've been playing a lot of Almond Kent Remastered. I think it's a lot, a lot of fun. Um, and it's definitely challenging. Um, this is the first set in a long time that I had done neither look at any of the cards or listen to any of the experts before I went in and started playing. So, Which is screwing me up a little bit because you've been doing well the last couple sets and you basically stopped listening to podcasts. And I'm not sure quite how you're pulling that off. Maybe we can talk about that. Well, I, I sure, that's great because all I did was really use the things that those people taught me, right? I just listened, I listened to what they had to say and I'll name Ben Warney just to be one of those people for sure, because I really listen closely to what he says when he says it and how he thinks. Sean has a big fat head, which is a huge... Here it comes again. A fat head is an enormous sticker that they used to sell in the 90s that you'd get of your favorite football player, and you'd put it on your man cave wall. Sean has a huge Ben Warney uh, fat head on his wall, and Ben Warney's playing the saxophone wearing uh, Bill Clinton sunglasses. First of all, if you think I have a man cave room in my house, you're wrong because that would never happen in my home. My, my lovely wife would not allow it. So not happening. 
Um, but yeah, I do respect Ben Warney's opinion. So you're saying that they've taught you the fundamentals that you feel like you know how to approach sets by now? Uh, they've given me some tricks like the, you know, like when, when Ethan and Ben go over their picks, I, there's some really valuable stuff to glean from when they do that. And it's not just the cards they're telling you to pick, but it's why they're telling you to pick the cards that you're, they're telling you to pick. And I guess the biggest thing is once I've kind of this big chunk learn I had lately was chunk learn. We got a new one. So yeah, you got level learn. ups. Yeah. And it's not and that. Now, now we got chunk learns. It's chunk learns. It's when you take these bigger concepts and they actually fall into place. Like I understood that there's, you know, there's mid range and um, aggro and, you know, dirtily decks, right? I understood that before. And I kind of understood what each one of those decks looked like, but I didn't understand what sets meant when they were meant to be played in those places, right? Some of them changed. I think the best sets can morph throughout. That's rare. But I think the ones that are a specific way, if you can get your mindset there into that way of thinking then it just makes the set make more sense i don't i can't say it any better than that and i know i'm not good at putting things like that together but it, what it does is it, it puts you in that mode of being I able think, to, to see the matrix i think you're talking about frames it, when i think about art and marketing and advertising you talk about the same thing it's always very important how you frame something you can put a picture of somebody out there but the way that you frame it to people can make a huge difference on how they perceive it and i think what you're saying is you have to frame each set and be like this set and again i don't want to put words in your mouth because i think you specifically avoided certain words for a reason you don't want to pinpoint too much but it's almost like this set wants to do this a little bit or this set is kind of like this and this and you have to like get in that world and then you can start applying all the fundamentals yeah it, it really changes your perspective on how good a card is or could be and it's right again, and it's relative because like the, the bigger issue that i had is i came to i came to this really from constructed and i never really thought about it that way either but the card in those in that multiverse is there's a you know you're thinking about the value of it in such a different way and so there can be really powerful cards in draft that aren't powerful because they're in draft <laughs> right no yeah yeah it, yeah it's all in the context for example like uh, a seven drop that does something amazing in draft is a bomb but in constructed it's just too expensive or something along those lines you have to frame everything there are cards in constructed like thought seizes that are a pluses but in draft uh it's a totally different situation you have to put the appropriate frame on it you have to like know your audience yeah yeah and i, and I feel like um yeah, I feel like the inverse of that can be true too. Like where seven drops become irrelevant because they're the deck, the, the the speed of it is so fast that the likelihood of you actually ever play a seven drop is like maybe one in ten. One in ten games, you'll get the seven drop down. I got so wrecked by a seven drop. I think it's a seven drop. It's this white enchantment that turned all my creatures into one ones, and all my activated abilities went away. Yes. I thought I would keep playing for a couple turns, and then I was like, no, I probably shouldn't keep playing this game anymore. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like that, that, that's a really good like interpretation of what I've been able to take away from Amon Ket in, in general. Like, I, I definitely don't want to make any claims right off the bat here, like of knowing what's best. Well, I'll just read Sean texted me five hot takes on Amon Ket. I'll just read them <laughs> off here. Hooded brawler is unplayable. That's the first thing. Okay. What do you got, Sean? Um, well, just the general thing that you, you kind of just were, were kind of hitting on it that, that, um, 
what I feel like this set is really about like every turn, the tides, the, the tides can completely change, like huh. o- overwhelmingly change. Really? Yeah. Um, almost every game I played in went like that. It was, um, it was like, oh my gosh, I'm so far behind. And then, oh my gosh, I just completely washed them over or vice versa. Um, there was very few of them that went, ooh, I'm staled out. We're both kind of stalemating, not knowing what to do this turn. I didn't. I didn't right. have many, many, many hands. That it was like very last back couple and forth. sets. You've said. You've said. I feel like by turn four, I know who's going to win. You've said that several sets in a row. It sounds like in this set, you're not saying that. You're no. saying that on turn five, somebody can play something that completely changes everything. Yeah, no, I don't feel like that way at all. Like, and it's partly it's because it's so new still. And I've played just to get reference. I played one sealed, and I've played f- four drafts. I've played three drafts for for perspective now let me start sean i've done horrible i don't know i don't know what's going on that's why it's per perspective right i've played three drafts i've gone uh first one <clears throat> i was going into it thinking okay this is supposed to be super aggro that's before i realized it was really a mushed set together and that they really remastered it so i went hardcore red i think splashing black and i went like one and three and then i went hardcore black aggro and i think i went oh and three and then i went green white wide and i think i went four and three but overall i feel like i don't understand the set at all i feel like i went in thinking i want to exert i want to go aggro and i'm quickly learning that that's not the case and i haven't gotten my foot in so that's kind of where i'm at how often did you find yourself like by pick three going damn i don't still or like by pick six i still don't know what color i should be in right now besides this one color that seems somewhat obvious to me do you find it really hard to pick your second color I have ended up regretting a lot of picks, if that helps at all. Yeah, like I've yeah. gotten to pick four a lot and being like, why did I pick that pick two yep, yep, card? Yep, yep. I don't think I quite understand power levels. You know, I don't know if I'm quite uh, like people keep saying value the deserts highly and I'm trying to, but I feel like when I pick a desert early, it sometimes sends me down a wrong path. Um, I'm trying to value cartouches and trials early, but then I don't always that it hasn't always panned out for me where I have the right creatures and the right offensive strategy to have that all snowball properly. Right. Um, yeah, I've been playing mostly aggro and uh, I just, I found that it's, it's not been working. Somebody gets a creature on the board with a butt of four or something and it just stabilizes and I can't seem to quite do it. And uh, yeah, I don't know how much I'm going to have to add here as far as telling people what to do here sean i I have also felt like there isn't a ton of bombs like i've been being like well maybe i can build these like sweet five color decks that play a couple different bombs and um i don't know if that's the proper strategy either or if i should just be in two colors and have a solid deck that maybe isn't super aggro like i initially thought uh i don't know but right now my only real takeaway is hardcore aggro that was apparently the bomb in triple amonkhet does not seem to be the bomb here as far as my early experiments go yeah i would tend to agree with that um did you do you i know you do this but were you paying this is attention weird. To everybody what? sean is walking around right now are you just do you need to like go get a coffee or are you just like pacing no i had to think a little bit I oh he's, he's he's doing the moving and thinking uh, so I, I wanted to know, did you <laughs> moving and thinking, did you, do you, I know you do this, but what have so what, when you're losing, you're paying very close attention to what you're losing to, right? 
Uh, I, uh, I don't know if that's the case. I, okay. I don't know if that was the case. I, I did feel like I was running into things that had a butt of four that would just shut down my aggro decks. I did feel like I saw that. Okay. And, and so what, was there a color specifically that you felt was doing that? Green. Yeah, I think okay. green, green was stopping me a lot. White seemed better than I thought it was. Stupid two, four white creatures were like just doing the trick against me. At least do at least slowing down my aggro strategy. You know, I don't know if these decks are awesome with these two four white creatures that don't seem that overwhelming, but they were shutting down my offensive strategies for sure. Okay, so um, I can talk about my black deck if you'd like, which went uh, six and three, which was the sealed version. Um, I I thought I had sent you a picture of that. Did I send you one? You might have. You might have. I might have. You may have. I'm looking through here to see if I did. I don't Wait, you think you may have texted it to me? Yeah, no, I think what I was got this? it. Was this aggro? I got it right here. Okay. So, yeah, this was a very heavily aggressive aggro deck, but it was a zombie deck. When I, so, th this is one of the decks I think is really good. Black, white, zombies. Um, and I think all the pieces are here for it. I think that when it comes together, it's very, very good. There are uh, multiple cards in it that give you... Um, the plus one plus one to all zombies are you talking um, about like the instance that can like bump everything up it's a common I've, i got blown out by that card once it like pumps your whole team it's an uh instant yeah. speed card but then if you have zombies it makes me even bigger i died to that once yeah so that gives you your plus two plus one if they're zombies and just regularly plus one plus one if they're not and okay, okay so i i haven't faced this deck but i've heard from the other podcasts that it's good and uh, what gets you into the deck? Is it that uh, gold card or is it just seeing white and black cards late in pack one? Um, so I think for me, uh, well, this was sealed. So I didn't get to, I didn't get to like go down that path of figuring it out, but there's a few. I mean, Liliana's Mastery is the rare that gives all your zombies plus one, plus one. And when it comes into play, you create two black. Yeah, that's two. a bomb. Yeah, T total yeah, bomb. That, that thing is really grave diggers. Um, uh, is another one that gets you into the cartouche uh for yep. black or, that cartouche really is really good man that black cartouche that gives your creature lifelink and puts a negative one negative one counter on an opponent i've found yes. that card to always be very good whether i'm playing it or my opponent's playing it it's always been it's been one of those like you said one card can change the whole tide that's one of those cards it can change who's winning yeah um the festering mummy is beautiful in this deck the all the zombies it, obviously the mismatic mummy the one that makes them drop you and them drop a card um what about the little mummy that when it dies it gives a creature negative one negative one the one drop yeah that's the one i the one i just mentioned the oh well, i i thought you're talking about okay and then you also like the one where when you play it you discard what about uh the, the doom dissenter that when it dies it makes a zombie that's perfect do you want that guy of course um there's the both the binding mummies which uh they let you tap when a mummy or another zombie comes into play. You can tap another creature. Those are super powerful. Then there's the one drop that is a mummy that you can pay two to tap something. I've found that's just a good card all around. Yep. Yeah, you're looking for anything that gets embalmed, right? They can come back as zombies. So all, all, all this stuff is... Um, the, the other card that's really good in there is Splendid Agony. And that, that's the one where you get to distribute two negative one, negative one yes. counters. I think I've been valuing that card too low. I've been looking at that pick three or four and been being like, I don't think that's a premium removal. But then I've been realizing there's so many ways to, you can almost remove two creatures oh, with that card in a way. It's so Because good. making a creature smaller in this set seems to kind of just take it off the board. 
I don't think it's good if you were playing Dirtle though. Like I don't. I mean, it's fine. It's just not as good as it is in aggressive decks because Got in it. aggressive decks you're you're wanting them to try and block you that turn, right? Because it's just you're gonna blow them out that turn so badly. Right. Like you said, you're probably gonna take two of their creatures because they think they're gonna have the upper hand, or you're gonna trade, and then it's not gonna happen. Right. Um, yeah, and then there's the there's a couple things that bring stuff back from your graveyard, like the Gravedigger, and I think there's actually a, a sorcery that does it. There too. is. You can cycle it for two mana, or you can yep. get two creatures back from your graveyard. So another thing I haven't quite figured out how to value properly are the simple Embalm creatures, like the Sacred Cat and stuff like that. I don't know if that's Eternalizer Embalm, but it's one of those things you can get back out of the graveyard. And since the format may not be crazy fast, maybe those are better than before, but I don't know. So I played against somebody who, like, on the on turn one, threw out one, and the next turn they put out two. So they had three on the board right away, and it and it ended up not really doing much for them. They had three one ones right away. I I was playing Gruel, which in a minute I'll get to. I think is one of the better colors to be, and um, color sets, excuse me. And I, it just it wasn't even close. He just even though he got to bring them back and he got six life out of it total, it, it didn't matter. Right. Um. Right. But I think for that deck, I, I think it's something you want to consider. Um, super, supernatural Stamina is a instant one cost that says until, until the end of turn, target creature gets plus two, plus zero, and gains when this creature dies. Return it to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control. Also, in these highly aggressive white-black zombie decks is very, very, very good. On the Festering Mummy, it's, it's just a, ridiculous. Let's back right? up a sec. That card you want when you have uh, Enter the Battlefield abilities in particular. Like, you put that on a Gravedigger, uh, that's pretty sweet because then it comes back in and you trigger it again. Yeah, it's even better on the Festering Mummy, though. Because what happens is you attack him with the Festering Mummy, they go, oh, I'll block with my 2-3, and then you kill their 2-3 and give them a negative 1, negative 1 counter on something else, and then it comes back into play and you do that again when it dies and you take out whatever that other thing had a negative. It's so good. Got it. Yep, so, so good like that. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of little combinations. Um, the Doom Dissenter you mentioned already, Kahirna as, as, uh, Eternal. And then there's these um, uncommons that get passed way too much. They're 2-1 flyers that say if you have a, um, one of the Planeswalkers, whatever, blah, 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 which is irrelevant text, but they're 2-1 they're flyers and I, for, um, for two. And I, I think that's a good card. And another card you see in this deck is the Blighted Bat. Uh, because you can give it haste and so it yep. helps finish it off in the end and that's really it that was the deck it went six and three i, I and it definitely could have been seven win deck i just i i played some really bad like mistakes um, one of the cards i want to mention that i've played with a couple times now in black that i don't think is good or i haven't figured out exactly when or how to use it um is a black rare that says return uh to your hand whatever cards you've discarded and or cycled this turn and I even played a pretty heavy Demir cycling deck that we're going to go over here in a minute. And um, I just couldn't get it to work. All right. All right. So there's that. Um, Bing bong. Bing bong zing zong. Moving on to green, red, uh, gruel, the other deck that I've had super success with in the set. Um, and one of your favorite color pairs, I would say, in Magic. I would say. When it comes together, it can be super fun. And I think this is going to be one of those sets where this uh, comes together pretty nicely um, for Almonquette um, so, Remastered. So going into this, I was all over red and uh, green aggro because I was hearing so much about how good their exert creatures were. The Hooded Brawler, the 3-2 that be can become a 5-4. Uh, Alex talked about that quite a bit. Oh, by the way, uh, 
I checked the stats on our website this morning. Man, that that episode has gotten a lot of hits. Which one, the Alex? The Alex one that I completely messed with all the editing. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, I'm going to say it's cause, probably because Court of Calls was on, but you never oh, no, know. No, no, that's why it was. It's, know, that's I why know. it's funny to me is that it's like you, it's kind of a bait and switch. You like lure everybody in with the name Alex Court of Calls, and then they get to listen to my ridiculous poop art. It's fun. Well, I'm, I'm sure absolutely positive that some people loved it. And also, I, you know, it just means we have to have them back. Yep, that's right. And, you know, I don't, before we go any further, I want to say again, like there's people I'm actually missing talking to, like, you know, it's Arjuna. We haven't talked to him in a long time. I actually missed talking to him. What, okay, he, let's back up. Back up the train. Let's talk about getting a Twitter account, Sean. Just for a second here, that oh. you that you use. Let's no. I want you to tell everybody why you won't do it because you want these things in your life. You want to communicate with fans. You want to communicate with Arjuna. I'll be fully honest. I'll be fully honest. It, it's if it's not like if I had to do it. If I felt like I had to do it all the time, which it may not even be that I have to, like it's not even something that that person would want me to do. They may not want me to ever communicate with them. I don't know. But if it's like, if you're in that place with me where there's that anticipation or I believe there's that anticipation of communication, then it's something that I want to put a thousand percent into. And like, it starts to feel burdensome to me. And I'll put this on my high school life because I don't think the mistake I made in high school was I spread myself super thin. Like I, I really thought it was important to understand and be like around as many different people as I possibly could and like try to understand what they were about. And it was fine. But what I ended up learning was that it just, it spread me too thin and I couldn't give like solid energy to the people that I wanted to be closest to. Right. And so I can't, that's my biggest fear. That, well, that's really like the truth of the matter. It's, so that, that makes a lot of sense because I know you too and I know that that's something that you struggle with is you do want to make everybody happy. So you'll yeah. like say yes to everybody on everything. One thing exactly. I've learned with you is, um, you know, when Sean's my best friend and when you, when you get to know somebody and you get to learn how you fit with somebody, one thing I can just deal with about you is that I know that you're just not always going to follow through. Cause I know that you've committed, you, you've said yes to 80 different people on 80 different things. So I know the things you say yes to me on that. There's usually like a 30% chance. You're going to be like, Hey Jeff, this thing we were going to do for in an hour that we talked about. Yeah, I can't. And usually I don't even need to know why I just know that you already are having the exact same conversation with somebody else. And you don't want to let them down either. Right. And so I get it. And so that all makes sense. And uh, what I think is that you also know that direct communication is important and putting me in between you and those people that you want to talk to is like also like they want to talk to you, right? They don't necessarily want to talk to me. Arjuna doesn't, Arjuna would probably feel better if you reached out to him than me. You're the one who, you know, and so there's also that, you know, if you really want to build these relationships, I'm sure these people would love to hear from you, but but I understand that you have enough things in your life and you don't need this other thing called Twitter where you have all these new lines of communication you need to focus on. And that actually makes a hundred percent sense to me. Yeah, it's um, it is, it's this definitely being selfish of just being like, if I can get them here, right (laughs) then i can talk to them then everything is golden because (laughs) i get exactly what i need out of it right which is like to be in comfort comfortable place where i can have a conversation with somebody which is really all i want to do and like you know and talk about something like all right let's get back to magic oh my gosh it's way enough about me way enough all right um so uh green Uh, oh we haven't been recording sean you're funny (laughs) 
you know, there's a button that says recording in the upper left there. I can see it, Jeff. Uh, oh, Sean, we opened a box of double masters together the other day. Oh, God. Yeah, just drop, drop that in right here. Our top, uh, our top picks, because uh, we sorted of them by money, and then we each picked them, were uh, a box topper Blightsteel Colossus, which came in around 80, and then a normal Jace, which came in around 70. And Sean got first pick, and I was honestly hoping he would take the Blightsteel because I wanted the Jace because I'm a blue mage. And he did, the, he did what I wanted. He skipped Blightsteel and took the Jace. So I got the more expensive card, but it feels like he won in a way. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's for my commander deck, so I don't know what to say about it. I felt kind of bad, but I really didn't feel bad in the long run. <laughs> um, especially because of all the psychological stuff that was going on during the whole thing. First of all, he has his son open every single pack and like, I didn't have him do anything. You know how Eric gets Eric's like, get out of the way. I'm I'm in control of this situation. And then like every once in a while, I'll be like, I see him kind of like give his dad an elbow to the leg. Cause you know, Eric's in between me and Jeff's on the other side and he kind of slips him a card down under the table. And then he's like, oh yeah, this pack was terrible too. We didn't actually, we didn't even Uh, get a second rare in this pack. That's that's really weird. There was there was one controversial point where I lined up the cards by money and two of them were completely wrong. It was right. a foil chrome mock, no, a foil mox opal and a regular chrome mox or something like that. And uh, yeah. one they were completely out of order and uh, it made you pick, take the wrong pick. We had to back everything up when you learned I bamboozled you. But you know what's funny about it is that it ended up exactly the same way. That's true. Yeah, that's true. And there's one card by the way we walked away from other than Jace that I really wanted, but I just couldn't bring myself to take it because there was a card on the table worth $5 more. And that was ensnaring bridge. That is yeah. my style of card that Ooh. lock your, lock your opponent down. No fun. I want that card so bad, Sean, we got to trade for that. Though. I think I have the original um, version of it too. There so you go. That's, so that's just really trade cool. me that one. Mm. Just trade me that one. One mm. per commander deck. You can't put two in anyway. Mm. So uh, well, we're going to talk about Amonkhet. Yeah, green, red. Um, so this deck was uh, also a six-win deck. Um, and uh, This was draft. This was draft. Um, got into it pretty early, and I stayed. Uh, so I think I got into it by the second picking the Crocodile of the Crossing. What does that do? This card. It's a haste, 5-4, that you have to put a negative one, negative one counter on target creature when it comes into play. Oh, my God, I love this card. So I've found that in those, uh, is that a green one, by the way? Yeah. Yep. I've, I've found Four with minutes. those green cards because there's a couple others that do that. And there's usually some stupid one or two drop in green that you totally don't mind putting that counter on because you were yeah. going to sack it or like, for example, there's this green one drop. And I don't know if this card's actually any good, but you can sack it to go find a land. Yep. Um, I've found that I'll put that on the board turn one just to protect myself against aggro. And then like, I'll bring out this uncommon hippo later on, put a couple of negative one counters on it and then just sack it anyway yeah you don't even need to really worry about it because there's other cards in green that just remove them anyways that just right take there's care that, of that one problem. mana instant that gives your creature plus two plus two and removes a counter from it and that's the card you definitely want to be playing in this deck yeah you you want that card you want probably two of them in this deck actually okay um so that that card is uh we can talk about that card next because it goes in conjunction with that um haste card that we were just mentioning um it's it's really good. It's really really good in this deck, and it's really um, just a really good card. That's a card that gets you into green, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I've every time I've had that in my deck, it's been very good. I had two of them in this deck. The other card you're looking for at four drop is the quarry hauler. That um, when that comes into play, also can either add or remove counters. So it either doubles 
whatever counters are on something or removes one counter. That's type. the camel, right? It's a white camel. Yeah. Right. Four, and three. That, yeah, that, that, that card can be used in so many ways that you can't even believe. Okay, so what does it do again? Um, the, the direct words on it are, when it enters the battlefield, yeah. for each kind of counter on target permanent, put any, another Any counter. one permanent. You pick one permanent. Right. Or okay. remove one from okay. it. Okay. Okay, so you could put another plus one, plus one on, or you can take away a negative one, negative one. Or if your opponent has just put a negative one, negative one counter on one of their creatures, you can add a negative one, negative one counter to that creature. It doesn't have so to choose. be your creature. You got it. So you can literally kill one of their creatures, which I've done with that card, which is very powerful. And it's four offense for four mana. That's not bad. It's a great card. It perfectly fits into this deck. Uh, and Oh, wait, I, it's not white because you said this is a green red deck. What is it, green? Yeah, it's green. Okay, I said I said white. Oh, yeah, no, that's a green red deck. Okay, but this is the this is a camel, right? Right. I, in my head, this is a white card for some reason. I'm wrong. So you also want to look out for your deserts in this um, red and and um, green, uh, because you're going to be wanting to get the sidewinder nagas. Um, yep. They're they're good in this deck. So um, three two for three, but it gets bigger if you have a desert. Yep, and then the hooded brawlers, like you mentioned. Uh, open fires uh, if you can get if you can get them the the on cop crop casher anytime you can is an, is another thing that you want to pulls you into red that's the uncommon that allow it's it allows you to um, when you exert it to have some other creature not be able to block it's a three two with haste oh uh, yeah any card like that seems ridiculous so the ones that get menace just anything that makes it so your creatures basically become unblockable right um, really seem to seem to crush in this set now here's one of the things the cards I think is underrated and is fits in this deck perfectly and is meant to be played with uh, all these things that exert themselves and it's the initiates companion so not only is it ideal for it's a three one for two green it says whenever you deal damage to an opponent uh, on tap target permanent yeah i think so because i've done a land before right so um this card is um great because it's a three one it's aggressive and also because if they if it does get through and you get to untap an opponent untap one of your creatures that has exerted itself that's amazing right um there's there's also just a in a fast deck let's say you're um starting off so you're on turn two you have two lands on turn three let's say they haven't put a creature down so you attack then you're actually getting to use an additional land if you tap a land before you attack and tap it you have four lands to play five yeah. whatever it is you get to, you know you, so you get to actually ramp a little bit there's a lot of different ways to use that card so it really fits in this deck well and i'm guessing that's way better than the one three cat in green that draws a card when it dies because i've seen that cat go way late in the pack and i've been like i thought the card like this would be good but people don't seem to want it you would rather have the three one aggressive card instead of the uh what is it feral prowler one three I when it dies draw a card I think so, I, especially if you're in the aggressive side of this. And, and this is a really low, like my curve was nothing above four drop. Because so. I, see, I see that one three draw card when it dies. And I think value, this card's awesome. This is right. a good blocker for two mana. That's a two for one. And I think this is an amazing card. And it's wheeling. I'm like, do I just have this set all wrong? So I think it wants to go in um, um, black, um, green. Oh, and just die, yeah, yeah, yeah. in those graveyard type decks. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I think that's the only deck it truly fits into, and that that deck, when it comes together, can be really good. But it's hard. The pieces are hard to put together. So here's another thought: is I was watching Deathsea a little bit, and he was playing these one four beetles for two, and yeah. I wonder if they're part of the answer of how to fight against like these aggressive decks you're talking about. Because the problem yeah. with these uh, 
two drops and all these aggressive decks is, uh, you know, maybe they can't get through, but at a minimum they can trade. And the beetle, this one four is, I think mm. it kind of brick walls a lot of things. Not only does it stop them, but it'll kill a lot of things that tries to block a lot of one defense things. So I think that might be a key to the slow decks. Yeah. And then if you put the black cartouche on there and it gets the plus one, plus one in lifelink, um, yeah, there you, know, you go. That that's even worse, right? It's a two five lifelink. Then you're just like, oh, what do I do? I can't attack in. I can't right. just sit back. I can't. And yeah, so I've played against that as well. That that can be pr pretty nasty. Um, but the beautiful thing there is red has has the answer for you, which is deal five damage to target creature, right? So yeah. Um, the reason why green red is so good, or one of the reasons I think, is because the, the red removal in this is ideal. Like it all lines up really, really well with the set. I think it's as far as I've been able to see so far. Um, you have the three drop that deals three damage to any target that can finish the game. It can take out a creature. Um, then you have at the one drop, you have magma spray. And at the two drop, you have, um, well, I can't remember what it's called. Heck if I know. Uh, well, they, yeah, can't either. But there's also trial of zeal at the, um, at the uncommon level that deals three damage when it have comes you gotten the trials and cartouches to start bouncing and start going off i i have not the only time i ever really got that deck going it was white and blue and uh th those cartouches aren't quite as potent as like the green one for example that right. uh, can fight something yeah no i haven't i, I think they're too highly picked and i think i think both sides of it are kind of too highly picked um okay it's hard to it's hard to pull i haven't seen it come together i haven't played against it um, I do I do like the cartouches in general. I don't think you need to have the trials. And again, I'm not winning a ton, so I could be wrong, but I've been beaten by these things too. And I think in particular the uh Well they're good. The the black one's great, the green one's great. Uh the red one I've been smashed by, just an aggressive deck, and you throw that down to just have your creature attack right away. Um the white one's pretty good. I thought it was gonna be like the the best because it's so cheap and you get a body, but I'd say those other ones might even be better. Yeah. And then the even the blue one, I mean it just replaces itself. They all seem so good. Yeah, yeah, I think they're fine, and and I think they'll end up playing playing pretty well in this set. Um, the other cards that were amazing in this uh, set, and I, I don't know if other people are are. Um, I the, I've only seen this card get passed to me once, and I couldn't believe it got passed. But it's a one drop in green that that says anytime this creature deals damage to a player, draw a card. Um, is it a rare, uncommon? It's an uncommon one. Okay. One called Sixth Sense. Yeah. It, I oh, only had it yeah, 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 yeah. It's an enchantment. Yes. Yes, yes, so, yes. And again, this, this card goes perfectly in this deck. It, um, you can put it on any one of the bigger creatures that you end up getting out or, you know. Right, and it seems like you can put yourself in a situation with like an exert creature where you can like be like, okay, I'm putting this on and I'm exerting. So you either let me draw a card or you chump block and you're down a creature and this turned into, you know, and it's still on the creature, you know? That's right. Yep, exactly. And then you have other ways to um, actually give it uh, trample. There's many, many ways to give your creatures trample and you like crash through, for instance, is, is a great right. way that there's, um, there's a few other ways in green that just give you trample for that turn. There's, there's a rare that gives you trample and if your creatures deal damage, you get to draw a card for each creature that deals damage. That card is ridiculously good um so yeah those things those combinations work great in these decks and and um so again i had four one drops one two three four five six seven eight nine ten two drops two, three, four, five, seven, eight three drops how many, and, how many lands in this sucker oh definitely 16 16 lands and any of them deserts yes 
four deserts. Dang. So some of them are coming to play tapped. And you, uh, would you say any of the games you lost were due to uh, mana screw, yes. not having enough mana? Yes. I have. No, no, no. Not, not, not having enough, but because I had deserts. Okay. I have lost and won. I feel like I've lost and won more games in this set due to me or my opponent mana screwing or mana flooding than normal. And only I've only played three uh, uh, drafts, so I could be off. So, um, I also played uh, blue. I played Demir. I, I mill deck, and I had a Ooh. lot of the. I had a lot of the cards I thought should go in that deck, and it was not not good. P- part of it was because I got mana screwed in two of the games, but I, so I, I can't really speak to that deck. It just didn't feel good, though. It didn't feel like it was going to be good. Yeah, I mean, I've seen some of the cards, and a lot of them just don't seem that good. Like the return a creature to your hand and mill two cards. Like I've seen that work in other decks, but not necessarily mill strategy decks. And the one that makes you discard a card and then you get to mill them, it's like a Naga creature. That doesn't seem very good. Yeah, I had um, three of the target opponent mills five cards, so I figured, hey, that's like, what, a third of their deck, so right. maybe... You, you know. just have to have a ton of card draw on your deck to replace the fact that you're, you know, shooting this air through your deck. Well, so here's the conclusion I came to after some of that stuff. It seems to me like there, each color has this really strong pull in opposite directions. And, for instance, in red there's a card that says deals, you know, it, it's a, it's a board wipe, right? There's a lot of board wipes. Yeah. So I, I built a whole white deck around having uh planar cleansing. Right. Um, it's fun. Yeah. So there, there's a red rare that's, you know, board wipe, but the, a lot of the red cards are absolutely aggressive, right? So you're not playing those two cards in the same deck. Um, and I feel like there's other, other examples of that too, but the, and so for instance, in blue, um, uh, there's you know there's this the prowess deck all the pieces are there right right um but and, and so that's pulling you in one direction and then there's the um this the like this naga cleric and these other cards like that that are um more black related that are, are pulling you in that direction right and they're like and, putting cards in your great your own graveyard right and, and doing filtering probably looking for removal and for card advantage and for blockers Exactly. So it's like this, it's a weird, or at least I haven't been able to synthesize that. They, there's really this, to me, this kind of big um, valley between the two pulls on either, on either of the things. And being in our uh, Discord, I've noticed um, uh, Nate was saying how he's, he still feels like this is a set you definitely don't want to get mixed in between those two. Like yes. you don't want to be going down the aggressive path and being like, yeah, but these defensive cards are good. So I should just take them. He's like, I think I'm getting watered down because of that. And I just need to focus on the deck I'm in. That is a very well put because you'll see it'll happen in the mid parts of the t- of turns against your opponent. Um, you'll see that you can just like, it's like if a, if a wheel were churning at a certain speed, you can, you know, it just starts to slow down or grind. It's, that's kind of what it looks like when you're playing against somebody who's having this happen to them, or if you're the person, right? If this, this set more than any other one is like, if you're, if it's, if you're not moving forward on that every single turn, like I was saying before, if the tide didn't turn back to your favor, it's not going to be good because the next turn you're going to get washed right. over. Yeah, I've definitely noticed that mostly with exert decks. Even if I'm trying to get blockers on the board, there's just ways that they can completely invalidate blockers. And so so it's just not a good enough strategy to just chump things or to just put out big butts sometimes. And so uh, 
yeah, I find, especially if I'm on the draw and against an exert deck and if they're finding ways to push through it, I'm really trying to find those cards like the one for beetle that can allow me to play my slower, dirtily, like black, blue, white decks, uh, trying to figure that out. And, uh, I think the Beatles part of it and trying to figure out what the other parts of it are because blocking seems difficult in this set. Yes, um, which is why I think it comes down to re um, removal. I could see that. I could see removal. I, I do. I think you talking about that negative one, negative one on two different creatures seems really big. I could see putting one on, you know, your uh, some red exert creature, another one on a hooded brawler, and you've kind of invalidated both of them with one removal spell. You know, mm -hmm. I, I know yep. you also said it's good in an aggressive deck, but I wonder if that card has a lot of utility in defensive as well. Yeah, I could totally see that. I could totally see that. Um, uh, another um, card that has just been completely devastating and I think is, you know, 100% uh, you should first pick this and go into green red because of it is uh, Heaven and Earth. Yeah, so speaking of that, I do listen to all the podcasts still for the most part and everybody's saying that all the split cards or all the aftermath cards are just good and that if you do want to be in a five color good stuff, a deck here you can just like pick up all those because they're all very powerful they're all double spells they're all two for ones they might be a little over costed but they're where you want to be a lot of times yeah i mean i i, I people are playing them even not in the color sets like like the second even if the second card or whatever oh sure work. like though like i have this white removal spell that says attacking creature kill it even if i can't use the other side of it yeah i see that all the time um the other thing that i've come up against that has been um I've played against more mythics in the last, I don't know what the hell. I played against the Locust God. Oh my goodness, is that card broken? Holy buckets. Yeah, I think any of the gods, the fact that opponents just keep getting them back, it's just one of those cards in the set. It was like in War of the Spark when you'd face the gods, you know, like Hefnet or something like that, and just be like, well, what am I supposed to do now? But, you yeah. know, I think those are fun though still. I would much rather lose to somebody because they pulled that than lose to somebody because I, you know, I can't get my third mana. No, I was fine with it. I, I, I like having cards that are difficult to deal with in sets, especially when the removal is really good. And I know that one comes back and everything, but there's there's other ways I'm sure to... Wait, gods can't be exiled either, can they? Uh, they still get them back. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing with the gods is you, they basically always get them back. Right. Um, yeah. Anyway, so um, I don't know. I've, I I think that, that the uh, dual cards are super powerful. And I, and I think that... Okay, what I was trying to get to before is... The people that have smoked me, like the people where it hasn't been close, where the games yeah. are like, this is how it goes. I'm playing either aggressive or mid-range, and I'm my my board is looking good by turn four, right? I got three <laughs> creatures down, maybe even just put a fourth down, and I'm got them down to eight life. They've got maybe one creature that they've been defending themselves with against my biggest thing the whole Wrath time. of God. <sighs> yeah, it's it's whatever. It's whatever. There's like 15 cards it could be, right? It comes down after they've been building up their lands and like, you know, pl um, right. playing multiple colored lands. And, and there's a lot of ways to get, um, to get lands on the, in the, in the, in the game. Right. Not a right. lot, but there's, there's a lot of ways to go find lands and to get them into play. Yeah. There's a bunch of green, uh, go search for a land, either put it into play or in your hand in this. Yeah. I've seen at least like, I don't know, three to four. Yeah. If somebody has three colors by turn four, I mean, I, I'm very scared. Do you, start like, em do you start emoting good game? Pretty much. It's if they're working three colors, I, I feel like I feel like I don't know how to get there yet because I haven't done it yet, but I think that's where you want to be. 
And I think that red, blue, and green is where I'm probably going to try to stay. I can't decide about black yet. Black and blue I might be wrong about. So it might be red, green, and black is where I think you want to be. Blue has been difficult for me to figure out. Um, so anyway, it's red and blue for sure. I, I mean, it's red and green for sure. Those colors have been really good to me, even when they're not together. Um, and I, and I'm, I'm not sure if it's black or blue. I don't know anything about white. Can't talk about white. I haven't drafted it at all. Nice. I have, I've played against it a lot, but it doesn't seem – only the time it ever came together um, when it just wrecked me was green, green, white. I'm sorry, um, white, blue. And that that seems like an eternalized deck a little bit too. That's what the uh, go, the yeah. gold the gold uh, uncommons card says that your token creatures get uh, flying and vigilance, and you know every aftermath and embalm creature is a token. Yes, um, not that, aftermath. That, um, you know what I'm talking about. Yep, yep. It was it, that deck is pretty decent when it comes together. Yeah, I I was wrong. I did play four decks because now I keep because earlier I said I built a deck around planar cleansing and I'm like, wait, I didn't mention that deck earlier. I have played four decks and that was a white blue control deck with aftermath creatures. And I think that's actually the one that went four three, not the white or not the white green uh, tokens deck. I don't think that one did good either. I played a mono green. Um, we got three wins. Um, it was decent. I just didn't have, you could tell it was missing another um, color to like, it needed some other support. Right. If it could really, it really felt that way. Like it really needed it. Have you seen any mono colors? Do you think it's a strategy? I know. I mean, it probably is that I just haven't seen it. Sure. I, I don't, honestly, I, I think that this is going to be a, I think this is a dirtily set, man. I think that really? you should, I do. You just I have think, to figure it out. I do. I think that, I, I think that mid range is going to win for a while because I don't think, I think aggressive decks is where everybody's at right now, especially coming off of uh, M21. Everyone's just in that mindset. But right now I think I'm being beat more often by mid range decks that are just, playing really good defensive creatures like that one four or the right. one three that you talked about or even that one that you sacrifice let's a zero three or whatever that gives you a, a that all that stuff um just to keep and then in board wipe like ooh, board wipe is just really good yeah well i hope you're right and i've because early on i was losing to decks that shut down aggro and i'm like well maybe there's something here so i'm definitely trying to figure that out one strategy i tried to take is a lot of times when you in control you want a lot of card draw yeah, because uh, you, that's a lot of the ways, a lot of times the way you win. A lot of times your cards aren't as powerful as your opponents, but you just outcard them eventually. And I just didn't think the card draw in this set was amazing based on what I was playing with. Like the draw two costs four mana, which isn't great, even though it cycles. Um, so I don't know if that's the strategy here. And I'm starting to wonder if it's some of these like white uh, life gain cards or these big butts in white and black might be the way to go. Or even green, you just ramp up to something ridiculous that they just can't win the game after that. Yeah, with cards like Tormenting Voice, I, it, it's so efficient. Um, and also like helps you to not flood. Right, and that's to, the like, discard to draw two or something like that? No, discard, discard a card, draw two cards. That's it's right, been, that's right. It's been around for like four or five yeah, yeah. sets now. And it's an but, instant now, or is it, no? That's when it was no. still a sorcery. Yeah, that's, no, when it was still, that's before thrill a possibility. Exactly. Yeah, it's still a sorcery, but um, I I don't know. It's just so maybe I, red's part of the dirtle deck, huh? And you get the red removal spells. 
I, I think it's I think it's black blue. I think I think if you can figure it out, I think it's black blue because there's so many defensive blue creatures too that I just I, I just sit there and go, God, this thing seems like it could hold back. I don't know. So I have other defensive creatures I like. I like the two drop wall that can. Uh, this is zero four that can ping your opponent if you have a desert. I think that's a good blocker. Yes. Um, and then in blue, there's a card that I keep wanting to take highly because it looks good but then i keep remembering i can't put a cartouche on it so i'm like maybe not and it's this two drop but it's like big it's like a two three for two but if, if somebody targets it it dies but it also oh. has afterlife yeah those are really good <clears throat> they're they great good. um they're great in the zombie deck if you're black blue zombies okay that's really good it looks good i keep thinking like blue just doesn't get cards like this card this card looks good and even if somebody does target it you just get it back with embalm or whatever Right. Well, so that probably is really good in white blue too. Yeah. I, so I think white blue is really aggressive and loves to be aggressive, but I, I think that, that it doesn't, maybe it wasn't meant for black blue because it, it'll just die. I, I don't know. That's tough. All right. So uh, I got an artist shout out. All right. Let's hear it. I want to shout out alias V again, who's been on the show before because uh, I, I jump on Twitch probably two to three times a day. And I usually just jump on for like 10 minutes. It's like while I'm resting my feet in between, chores or whatever i just sit down and that's how i pass 10 minutes of time instead of watching a youtube video or something yeah and i've been watching a lot of alias v and she she's still dream, streaming magic but she's streaming a bunch of other things now too and i just want to mention two of them that i had a lot of fun watching her one is i watched her play a game i think it's called destiny 2 which is a shooter and i just wanted to mention she was on a team of three people and she was amazing she blew my mind she i mean i don't know the game that well so i don't know if she was doing way better than her co her teammates but it seemed like it it seemed like she was like easily the goat of the team and she was just wrecking and she just had this look in her face this like ten thousand yard stare like she was so in the zone so i didn't know that alias v is such a good uh first person shooter and man she seems super good at it and then the other one was she played this game called fall guys fall guy which is this new game that's kind of like Fortnite, where like people drop out over time and you want to be the last one left but the whole game is about these little jelly bean characters that like jump from tile to tile and try not to fall into this endless pit. And like the tiles dissolve over time. And so you're like trying to jump on tiles, but other people are. And if, they, if they've already jumped on them, the tile dissolves. And she won the whole thing on her three-year anniversary stream. And she was so happy. And just to see <laughs> the excitement on her face when she was number one in Fall Guys at the end, she had her arms in the air. She was so jazzed. It was really fun to watch. So I've been really enjoying watching Alias V uh, lately. Awesome. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, um, she's super fun. And then uh, I got to talk Pepe, Sean. We're going to do it. Oh, Jesus. We're doing it right now, Sean. <laughs> so everybody needs to know that about six months ago, I mentioned to Sean, I'm like, should we talk about Pepe? Mm -hmm. Sean's like, no. <laughs> but you know me lately with my art episode and all that. So this is it. Uh, you know, I've been trying to approach this stuff lately with like, you know, if I'm dead tomorrow, I want to make sure at least I did this one thing on the episode. And one thing I've always wanted to do is to figure out what the hell is going on with Pepe in the Twitch community. So I'm just going to say from my perspective and not put this on anybody else. I'm just going to let everybody know what Pepe is from a person like me. Okay. Played magic back in the 90s. Went away from it. Didn't touch it for a really long time. Didn't even know what Twitch was. I was playing fantasy football with my friends. I was playing EverQuest. I was becoming an artist. I was doing a lot of things that had nothing to do with that. I was playing... Uh, yeah, all these other games, right? And then the, uh, the election happens in 2016, and I'm on Instagram a lot, because as an artist, I have an Instagram account, and it's a big part of promoting my business. 
And on Instagram in 2016, I start seeing this frog pop up all over the place. And then I learn a little bit more about the frog. And I learned that it's this frog that this artist created. And uh, this artist created like four characters or whatever. And then for some reason, like the dark web, like the, uh, the deepest of the internet, like the, uh, the edgelords and the people who don't care about anything, the, the 4chaners and stuff like that, they decided to adopt one of these cartoon characters as their mascot, right? And that's fine. And the, the mascot's supposed to mean like nothing means anything and everything is ridiculous and everything's meaningless or whatever. And that's all fine. But then what happened in the 2016 election is I start seeing all these memes where these frogs are getting blended into racism. It was really weird because it was like the most racist people start posting these pictures of this frog that I've never seen before and this frog crying and this frog having like a clenched fist whenever he's mad. And I'm like, that's weird, man. So now there's this frog in our culture who's this racist frog. But then like after the election, the, the memes kind of went away on Instagram, at least. And, you, and the racist, you know, hardcore groups kind of dispersed a little bit. And every, the whole Republican Party kind of coalesced around Trump. And it wasn't so much these fringe groups anymore. And I, if, as far as I knew, Trump or the um, frog goes away at this point. But then literally like six months later, I start playing magic again just by happenstance. And as part of that, I start going on to Twitch and I'm like, what the hell? This frog is still kicking, man. This frog is all over the place. Why are people using this racist frog? Whoa, this is so weird. And oh my gosh, they're saying Keck and Kekistan and stuff like that. And like, that's not cool. And Papega, like this is some racist shit. Like, this is so weird. And so I start asking around to the streamers and I'm like, yo, why is everybody using this racist frog? And they're like, no, 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 no. It was ours first. The racists took him from us and we just kept using them. And I'm, I'm kind of sitting here thinking like, okay, I get it. Like it was yours first, but like, you know, when the Nazis took the swastika and I know that's like a over the top example, but it's not like people kept using the swastika because that existed way back in ancient times, right? The swastika has been around forever. After the Nazis used it, everybody was like, Hey, let's stop using this thing. It's kind of like been taken from us. And I'm just surprised that the Twitch community hasn't abandoned Pepe and that he's still like fully alive and kicking. And just, I want everybody to realize when a person of color who knows nothing about the Twitch community comes in and watches somebody stream and they see fucking Pepe all over the place, you're kind of telling them they're not welcome there because I know Pepe may not be racist to you, but Magic is an insular community. And if you look outside of the rest of the world, Pepe is racist to most of the world. That's all I got to say about that. I think that when people feel like they have the power, like they are the ones in control, they are easily blinded by the fact that their belief is potentially um, not okay or like could be bad in some way or could be converted into something that's bad in some way yeah and it it is it is a shame because i mean it would suck if somebody took my art logo and used it for something else and then i i had to get rid of it it sucks that pepe got taken from you guys but you know just realize what it looks like to the rest of the world sure um i think those things are difficult to do but yeah i think in if you're against that sort of thing, I think you have to take it into consideration. Oh, so I guess I should mention George Floyd now after all that and at least uh, bring it back to some kind of let's have hope 
for what's coming for the future and not what we've come from. Um, but um, back to uh, magic just really quickly here. Bone picker is something that you should be looking out for in, uh, an, as an uncommon. It says when a creature dies, you can cast it for three less. So it's a one drop black flying death touch three, two. If Whoa. something dumps Wait. something die that turn. I thought that was in uh that's in the new set um double masters. No, it's also in Almond Cut Remastered. Ooh, what is it? Is it a uncommon in that set? It's uncommon, yeah. Crazy. It's a common in uh double masters. Mm-hmm. I can see uh-huh. that. Oh. Um and then the other card, where did it go? Uh it's gone now. It's all right. It was not that important. It was just about how, why, why you might want to be getting into. Oh, yeah, the Lord of the Accursed. I, I told you there was another card that uh, that gave the zombies plus one. That's, That's the a good one. one. And okay. it gives your creatures menace, too. I've yeah, activated yeah. that thing once and just had my opponent scoop at that point. Like, once yeah. you make all your zombies have menace, they're like, oh, I'll see you later. Yeah, so that, that card is definitely first pickable. That card is also something that gets you into the zombie deck from what we were talking about before. That's That's what I wanted to say. That's all he wanted to say, folks. Yep, that's it. First pickable and also get you in the zombie deck. Um, I want to experiment with Nest of Scarabs because I think that could be very powerful. I just haven't had a chance to do it. Yep. Um, and then, oh, what, what are your, what's your feeling on these, uh, these artifacts that um, like reduce the, color, the, co- the co- cost for creatures of that color and or these other ones that just do these other special things? Do you have any desires to play any of those? Well, Seems like when somebody plays those to me, I kind of feel like i got a free turn out of it i'll tell you what you know I, like i said i still listen to all the other podcasts and i'll tell you that all of them say that they're bad for the most part uh but the one that makes you a one one the white one that that one's good i will tell you that the blue one has beat me recently in a blue control deck that just kept tapping my creatures at instant speed okay I can see uh, that. so but i also see the blue one passed and i'm assuming it's not good I'll just, it's just that i happen to lose to it once but yeah the consensus out there is that these things are not good except for the white one because it makes you creatures. How about the edifice of authority, the one that taps um, uh, creatures before they attack? Uh, I don't know that one. Maybe I haven't played enough. It says target creature can't attack this turn. Put a brick counter on it, and then when it has enough brick counters on it, you can, um, until the next turn, the target creature can't attack, block, or use its activated abilities. So then you can do that every once in a while. Sounds, I don't know, man. In this set, it sounds like it's taking too much mana for an effect like that, even though it's repeatable. Yeah, I agree. I think it's just, I think all of those things um, are too costly to do on turn three. I think if you do that, it sets you back too far. Like I even first picked this rare that looked awesome and it probably is awesome. It's three mana for an artifact that for two mana, you can activate it and make it into any creature on the board. That, that is a good card, but I played that on turn three in one game and just got rolled over. I just didn't have the time to set up. Okay, and how about the different, like the Hassup Oasis and the Dreadlands, these, these um, uncommon lands that you can sacrifice to do something? Well, yeah, you know, Alex really talked those up, especially the black one, because it's just a removal spell on a stick. Um, yeah, so I, they're amazing. They're all got, really, really good. I got caught in a tough place. I was playing red aggro. It was, uh, I think, my very first deck, and I had the Ramanop Ruins. I was in a spot where I got my opponent down to five and I had two deserts and, and I had some deserts in place. So I'm just like, I'm just going to start going for it. And I started destroying my old own lands, dealing two to them. And, but I got them down to one and I never drew the other desert to push through. And they eventually just built up a huge board and I had destroyed my own land. So I couldn't really keep up with them. Oh, I just, I'm I, like, I'm going to go for it, man. I, um, 
so the the green one I think is really really good, especially in the green red deck, but especially in the when it's in conjunction with the um the snakes that need yeah. the deserts, yeah. Um, and they then that it also gives them trample, so there are four two tramples. You pop it, you make them a seven six or whatever it is. It's um it's very good. F one a few games with that card. It's very also, good. It's first pickable. I'm also wondering if the um dual lands that are rare that you can cycle our first pickable just because um i normally don't like starting off with a two color thing especially if it's just a land but i could see those being extremely powerful in this set well so that's funny you bring that up i'm glad you did because you understand the the, the cycling thing a lot better than i do in like reduction of lands and like moving through your deck and like not really worrying about whether you're going to play that card in two hands just get rid of it can draw another card um and that the cycling thing is way here there's payoffs for it there's plenty of things but um i i don't I, for some reason cycling in this it seems like just an added bonus rather than something you should be like going after i think cycling in this is for the dirtle decks not the aggro decks i don't think an aggro deck wants a card that can be like unless it's the land to cycle away i i think where i want to be with cycling here is um just that i'm putting a couple extra lands in my deck, like I'm playing an 18 land deck, so I know I'm gonna hit my fourth or fifth land to play that sweeper. Let's say I got one of those sweepers you keep talking about, then I wanna play extra lands, and because I'm playing extra lands, I wanna play extra cycling cards um, to just, uh, I'm gonna have the lands to be able to filter through and find the right cards at the right time. That, that's kind of where I'm looking at cycling in this set. Yeah, so the wor the times that I've played against it, it's broke me as white blue, and that makes perfect sense what you're saying because all they're doing is drawing cards and then board wiping or whatever, and then um, and then um, or just putting out nasty creatures. The worst thing in the world that can happen to you with a blue white deck is like you get stuck on three lands, right? Those decks yeah. need to hit their land drop every turn. It's how they get advantage. And uh, sometimes you really want to play 18 lands, but then if you're doing that, you better hope a couple of your lands can cycle. You know. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. All right. Um, okay. Well, I, I, I'm, I got to go play D and D with my sisters in laws. Woo! How do you say I, multiple sister in law, sister in laws, uh, um, sisters in law. We're uh, doing troll tide. It's a, uh, annual festival in Waterdeep today. So today there will be no fighting. We will be celebrating. We made real life snacks to go along with it. That's not okay. There's gotta be some kind of kerfuffle that happens where, you guys can get into a battle or maybe you could just go to the arena and have a battle in the arena. Well, my character is a real stinker. I'm a, I'm a wizard that got teleported from Ravnica. I'm a, I'm a tall blue wizard and I'm, I'm an experimenter. I, I'm from the Izzet guild and I love to mess with things just to see how things will turn out. So I'm sure during troll tide, I'll be planting some magical beans in the middle of the town or something like that. Oh boy. All right, pumpkin. Well, it's been nice talking to you. Um, I hope everybody out there, I want to say thank you very, very, very much for everybody who's listening. Uh, we are super happy that you came along for the ride today. And I want to just give a special thanks to all of our patrons who make this happen and make it possible. Um, I want to do more Amonkhet. I think I'm going to stick with Amonkhet for a little bit. So maybe we'll come back within a couple of days here and give another impression. How you feel about that? Yeah, people maybe. Like or if you guys want to hear more about M21, let me know. I'll dive back oh, in. And I yeah. don't mind. I'll do it. No, that I'll sounds great. I'll sit here and punch myself in the face and talk about Pepe while you talk about M21. Oh. It'll be a really good episode. Oh, man. Here's the thing. Just get a new mascot, right? There's a million of them out there. 
Why don't they use you? Yeah, use me, right? Put a put a chicken, uh, put a a gizzard on me, and put a chicken hat on me, and I'll be the new I'll be the new thing. Just pick anything ridiculous, right? Let's pick something. Uh, how about I don't choose because it's not I, I don't yeah okay uh, it's been nice I like <laughs> all of you I hope y'all have a fantastic afternoon evening drive shower workout at the backyard uh, maybe you're at a gym mask on well, nobody's at a gym gyms every gym is dead uh, to all of our people listening overseas um, and, uh, hope everything is happy and good there too staying safe Hope everybody's safe here. Uh, Bye-bye. Bye.